We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, Daniel, most of the stuff in the universe is Dark matter, isn't that right? Yeah, it's about 80% of the matter in the universe. And it's all around us, like right here with us, we're immersed in dark matter. Yeah, we are swimming in it. And it's also inside of us, is it? Yeah, it passes through us. It doesn't bounce off your skin. Does that mean that we're partly made out of dark matter? Ooh, I guess so. That's kind of dark to think about. So if I discover myself, I'm discovering dark matter. Know thyself, win a Nobel Prize. Or at least a dark Nobel Prize? Technically, all Nobel Prizes have dark matter inside of them, too. Maybe they'll give you the cash in dark money. Ooh, that got dark quick. Hi, I'm Jorge Amicartunas and the author of Oliver's Great Big Universe. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist at CERN and a professor at UC Irvine, and I'll take your money dark or light. Really? You'll take dark money? Isn't that dangerous for a tenured professor? No, that's what tenure's for, man. I can take money from dubious individuals. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah, I guess technically the university takes the money and you get a cut of it? I never really had to worry about that. Like, Nobody who got wealthy with dubious techniques ever offered me a slush fund. So I've never had to really grapple with that question. Wait, how do you know? I mean, you've taken money. Have you done your due diligence? <laughs> how deep did you go? You know, almost all of my research money comes from the government. And we all know the various crimes that the government has committed. Exactly. All government money is dark money. Mm, do you believe taxes or theft? Is that where this is going? <laughs> 
well, technically your funding comes from taxpayers and there must be some sketchy taxpayers out there. So your work is tainted. Mm, so you're saying drug dealers who are paying taxes and indirectly funding my research have made me complicit in their crimes. That's right. Yes. Assuming <laughs> drug dealers pay taxes, which I guess they do if they're laundering money. I don't know. I feel like we need a whole podcast episode just to cover dark money. Yeah. And then I suppose everybody's guilty. That's right. We're all guilty of paying taxes, I guess. But anyways, welcome to our podcast. Daniel and Jorge explain the universe, a production of iHeartRadio. In which we try not to overtax your brain while explaining all of the mysteries of the universe. We want to reveal the light universe and the dark universe, the visible and the invisible. We want to show you how the universe is not just what you see around you and experience day to day, but so much more, so much deeper, so many more mysteries waiting to be solved. That's why we explore the universe, the dark corners of it, the light corners and the sketchy corners of it, because our understanding of the universe is still a little bit sketchy. Like the mafia corners of the universe? No, like like uh, not clearly drawn. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought we were going to be talking about like the physics of New Jersey or something. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some dark matters going on <laughs> down, down, out there. <laughs> How do you eat all those rich cookies and not gain weight? Really? It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I think the secret is dark chocolate. <laughs> it's lower in fat, isn't it? Is it really? I don't know. <laughs> You're like, what? what? Why? <laughs> Why aren't I eating more dark chocolate? <laughs> I'm not really stopping myself from eating dark chocolate, but that wasn't the reason. I don't see dark chocolate as like diet chocolate. <laughs> it's chocolate light. Oh, no, wait, it's, <laughs> it's chocolate not. dark. It's dark chocolate. Exactly. But there are lots of fun questions out there in the universe, not just about how waste management organizations in New Jersey are getting their money and the calories that Daniel is eating. We're wondering about the biggest questions in the universe, like where is all the stuff? What is most of the universe made out of? And how has it shaped the night sky that we see today and the galaxy that we live in? That's right, because what the universe is made out of is maybe one of the biggest questions we can ask about the universe. What is this whole place made out of? What are we made out of? Are we made out of dark matter? Can we exist without dark matter? And we talk in this podcast a lot about dark matter. We have lots of episodes about what it is and where it is and how it works. And one thing we often stress is that dark matter is part of our galaxy, that most of our galaxy is actually dark matter that has played a big role in the formation of our galaxy. We wouldn't be here without it. Yeah, we do talk a lot about dark matter. Daniel, what percentage of our episodes would you say? We talk about dark matter. Is it representative of the amount of dark matter in the universe? Are we ignoring dark matter in a way? Is dark matter underrepresented matter on podcasts? That's a good question. Yeah, well, especially our podcast, because we're trying to explain the universe. And the universe is 27% dark matter. You know, we might reach 27% of our podcast being about dark matter. It's been a lot of them. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we don't have two thirds of them about dark energy. Maybe we should. Yeah, yeah. That's what everyone is asking for more dark energy episodes. But it is a pretty important part of the universe. It's a pretty important part of, of our existence because without dark matter, maybe galaxies would not have formed the same way that they formed. The Milky Way would, might not be the same way it is now. But we're always tempted to overgeneralize, to say that the way we live in our certain situation over here is the way the whole universe works. It's important to take a step back and to ask whether our way of life and our way of galaxying is the only way that it can be. And so today on the podcast, we'll be asking the question... Are there galaxies without dark matter? Would you call these light galaxies then? Or galaxies light, diet galaxies? 
I call them tragic galaxies because they're probably galaxies where everybody only eats white chocolate. <laughs> or milk chocolate. <sighs> some, people, some chocolate snobs might uh, also <laughs> call that a tragedy. Also known as crimes against chocolate. Are you saying Hershey's is dark money as well? <laughs> Hershey's is garbage, man. Oh, it's just garbage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and there goes our sponsorship know, deal with I Hershey's. Know. We were so close to oh. funding this thing for the next 20 years, and you had to go and insult them. Maybe you could hear my hesitation there. I'm being torn between being honest and truthful on a hard science podcast and pandering to our sponsors, and I just had to be honest about it. I pass on Hershey's. I'd rather have no chocolate than Hershey's. That was that was pretty harsh, though. Garbage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. Like it, when you eat it, let's say you eat like a chocolate cake at a restaurant. How do you know they didn't use Hershey's chocolate? You can taste it, man. That sour affront to chocolate. It's turned so many people off of chocolate when chocolate is this wonderful, amazing thing. Even milk chocolate can be high quality, can be amazing. What they make in Pennsylvania, man, it's a crime. <laughs> now you're insulting the whole state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> let's keep going. See how many people I can offend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's move it. Let's, let's, let's insult the whole universe. Why don't you? No, fortunately, most of the universe is dark matter and therefore appreciates dark chocolate. And so we're good. We have the majority firmly on our side. But doesn't Hershey's own some fancy brands like Scharfenberger or something like that? I don't know. I hope not. Well, maybe you've been eating Hershey's chocolates all this time. Ah! <laughs> Plot twist. Anyways, we're talking about dark matter and galaxies. And could there exist galaxies without dark matter? These would be like galaxies that don't have any dark matter in them or around them. Yeah, exactly. Just stars and gas and dust and black holes. No dark matter. All right. Well, whether they are tragic or not, we were wondering how many people out there had wondered about this question and if they have any ideas about the answer. Thanks very much to everybody out there who answers these questions, whether or not they are supporters of Hershey's Crimes Against Chocolate. We really appreciate everything you do. If you would like to join this group, just write to me to questions at danielandjorge.com. I feel like maybe there's a Hershey's employee out there who listens to our podcast and it's now very, very sad. There's an easy fix for that. Find a new job. <laughs> or a new podcast. <laughs> no, you got to go to the root of the problem. That's right. Anyway, so think about it for a second. Do you think there can be galaxies without dark matter? Here's what people had to say. Um, I feel like there probably aren't, only because I know that uh, dark matter, as far as I know, is distributed pretty much evenly throughout the universe. I think it tends to be clustered in galaxies, but... Um, I think it tends to be pretty uniform, so I would be surprised if there were galaxies without dark matter. I'm going to say why not, because, like, going back to your episode about uranium on Uranus, there could be a tiny bit here and there in a galaxy, so I'm going to say I don't know why there wouldn't be dark matter in a galaxy, and I'm also going to say I don't know why there would. I don't believe there are galaxies without dark matter because dark matter is, in my understanding, a general term for unknown matter, uh, which is this, and makes up the overwhelming majority of the universe. Uh, therefore, I think it is not possible for galaxies not to have at least some dark matter in them. I'm not sure that we've observed any galaxies without dark matter, but I suppose anything could be possible in this crazy universe. It's also possible that all galaxies are without dark matter and we just don't understand gravity. All right. Most people are skeptical about this question. Yeah, people have the idea that dark matter is everywhere. It's inescapable. You can't get away from it, it seems, in our question. Although one person has kind of said, why not? That's a good attitude to have. Yeah, that's sort of the whole attitude about physics. Like, well, maybe everything is different from what we thought or 
Maybe there's something really weird out there that could teach us something new about the universe. I do feel like that is a guiding question in theoretical physics, at least. Why not? Yes. <laughs> Why not? Sure. Maybe everything is just tiny cats at the quantum scale. That's right. Maybe everything's just made out of Hershey's chocolate. No. Nah. <laughs> I got to hop somewhere else in the multiverse if that's the case. All right. Well, let's get going before this podcast gets too dark. Daniel, give us the basics. What is dark matter for those of us who haven't listened to the 27% of our podcast episodes? <laughs> dark matter is fascinating because we simultaneously know a lot about it and very little. Like we know that there's a lot of dark matter in the universe and we know that it's matter. We know there's something out there that's creating gravity or curvature of space-time, but that it's invisible. It doesn't glow, it doesn't give off light, it doesn't reflect light. We sense it only because we see its gravitational effects on stuff. It's curving space, which changes how things are moving through that space. We see galaxies rotating much faster than their gravity would be able to hold them together if there wasn't also dark matter in them holding them together. On the other hand, we don't know what stuff it is. We know that it has gravity, so it's matter, but we don't know if it's some weird new kind of neutrino or a totally different kind of particle we've never seen before or a thousand new kinds of particles or something that's not even a particle. So we know a lot about it on the sort of cosmological scale, but very, very little or almost nothing about it at the particle level. Right. Dark matter is this kind of mysterious stuff in the universe that we kind of feel its presence. We can see its presence through gravity. But as you said, you can't see it because it doesn't interact with electromagnetic light or maybe any of the other forces in the universe. And so you can't see it. And that's why you call it dark. Exactly. And a bunch of listeners write in with the idea that maybe dark matter is matter in another universe that's somehow leaking in to ours. Remember that dark matter is creating gravity in our universe or changing the curvature of space in our universe, which means that it's in that space, right? It shares that space with us, which kind of means that it's in our universe. And so we really do know that dark matter is something in our universe that's changing the shape of space. that We can only see sort of indirectly through gravity, which is really frustrating because gravity is the worst way to see things. It's so weak that it makes it very, very difficult. Mm, but wait, couldn't it bend our space and not be part of our space? Yeah, that's possible if you overthrow general relativity and our entire understanding of space-time. General relativity says that matter tells space how to bend and space tells matter how to move. And that means matter in our space. Like in general relativity, the curvature of space comes from the energy density in that space. So if you have some like parallel space overlaid on top of it, which can also bend that space, then it seems to me like it'd be part of our space, you know, sort of like the by definition. But yeah, you could augment or throw out general relativity, replace it with something totally different. But the simpler idea is that it's just some kind of mass we can't see. That explains almost everything we see out there in the universe. So it's sort of the best going explanation. You can always make more Baroque complicated explanations if you like. Well, it kind of might as well be in another universe, right? Because if it doesn't feel a lot of the same forces we don't, it's just kind of like ghostly matter that's kind of living on top of us. There might be uh, beings made out of dark matter, right? Physicists call it different sectors of the universe. If you have like two different sets of particles that don't interact at all except for through gravity, then we call those like the lights, the visible sector and the dark sector of the universe. And that's totally possible that you could have a whole complicated physics happening in the dark sector that we can't see. Now, mostly we know that dark matter can't interact with itself. If it did interact with itself, it would form all sorts of complicated structure and do all sorts of interesting things. We think that dark matter is pretty spread out. However, there could be a little component of dark matter. Dark matter may be lots of different kinds of things. 
And one little component of it might be more complicated and do complicated things like form life or ice cream cones or cats or good chocolate without violating what we've seen dark matter do, which is mostly spread out smoothly. All right. Well, the question here today is, can there be galaxies without dark matter? Why is this even a question? Like are most of the galaxies that we see out there, do they all have dark matter? Yeah, the galaxies that you see out there in the sky are like tracers. They're basically telling you where the dark matter is in the universe. Remember that dark matter is not something we can see, but it also dominates the universe. Our estimates are that four fifths of the matter in the universe is dark matter. So if you like spin the wheel and pick a random object in the universe, most likely you're going to get dark matter. It's like overwhelmingly dark matter. So when the universe is forming its structure and the gravity that determines like where things are going to be, it's mostly the gravity of dark matter that decides where things are going to clump together and where things are not going to clump together. Remember, the very early universe is mostly smooth with a few little blobs that are denser than others. And the gravity of those over dense pieces pull things together to form structure. And that's where you get like galaxies in one part of space and not galaxies in another part of space. Where you have galaxies is where you had more dark matter to pull that stuff together to form those galaxies. Yeah, that's pretty wild to think that something we can't see that is invisible to us basically kind of dictates the entire structure of the universe, right? At least at the galaxy level, does dark matter also dictate things like superclusters and beyond? Exactly. And so you can imagine like these invisible wells, like dark matter's curving space, which shepherds the other kind of matter together. So every time you look up at the night sky and you see a galaxy, you should imagine there's an invisible blob of dark matter surrounding that galaxy. There's a whole halo that's created the conditions to form that galaxy. We've run simulations, for example, of a universe without dark matter, and it doesn't form galaxies after 14 billion years. So quite literally, we would not be alive without dark matter. Mm, and now is the same true for things like superclusters and those giant bubbles of galaxies out there in the universe? Is that dictated by dark matter as well? Or is that more of the quantum fluctuations of the universe? Well, both, because there's this cosmic web that tells us where dark matter will be denser and where dark matter will not be dense. You have these filaments in some places, they overlap and you get these wells where things pool together. And so the whole cosmic web is dictated by dark matter and the light matter, the normal matter, baryons and quarks and electrons just follows that. And so it's not like a supercluster has a super halo. A supercluster is made of galaxies connected together by these filaments. So it also has filaments of dark matter? Absolutely, yes. They're filaments of dark matter connecting these halos of around each galaxy. Mm, interesting. All right, well, let's dig into the question of whether a galaxy can be clean of dark matter or whether it's kind of a requirement for a galaxy to form. So let's dig into that. But first, let's take a quick break. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee, sounds perfect. All right, we're asking the question, can you have a galaxy without dark matter? Could you maybe have a scrappy little galaxy out there that was like, no, I don't care about dark matter. I'm just going <laughs> to gather all these, all this gas and dust and on my own without any help. That's kind of what we're asking today, right? Yeah, exactly. And so you talked about how most of the galaxies uh, that we see out there probably have dark matter, right? We think they have dark matter, right? Because they couldn't be holding together without dark matter. That's right. And it's even more than just most galaxies have dark matter. It turns out galaxies are sort of like extra rich in dark matter. Like most galaxies have more dark matter than the average dark matter density in the universe. Wait, what? What do you mean? Like what are some numbers? So if you average over the whole universe, like what fraction of matter in the universe is dark matter? That's 84%. And that's not by counting. We don't know how many dark matter particles there are. That's by mass. It's like what fraction of the mass of stuff in the universe is dark matter? That's about 84%. But when you look at galaxies and you ask like what fraction of the mass in a galaxy is dark matter? That's more like 91%. So galaxies have like about half as much normal matter as the average normal matter density in the universe. Galaxies are like concentrated blobs of dark matter. And we get these numbers, uh, how, like by measuring how fast the galaxies are rotating and kind of guessing how much dark matter you need to hold it all together? <laughs> yeah, not so much guessing, measuring, right? But you're right, it's looking at how the galaxy rotates. We can measure the speed of those stars in the galaxy as they whiz around the center by looking at their light and seeing how it's red shifted or blue shifted. If you're looking at a galaxy, some of the stars will be moving away from you and some moving towards you. So they'll be red or blue shifted, their light from the Doppler shift, so you can measure their velocities. So you can look at the velocity of stars as they get further and further away from the center. And in order to hold a star at a certain velocity, a certain radius, you need a gravitational force there. So you can calculate exactly how much gravity is needed to hold a star at a certain radius. So you have all these stars at different distances from the center telling you exactly how much gravity you need to keep those stars going at that speed. 
And then you can add up how much you can see, like count all the visible stars, and the rest you suppose is dark matter. I guess that's what you mean by guessing. Yeah, inferring, guessing. <laughs> There's a whole field of statistical inference that we should just call guessing, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't actually know how many stars there are in that galaxy, right? So far away, you can't see the individual stars. So you're also sort of inferring how many stars there are there. You're guessing a little bit, aren't you? There's always uncertainty in these measurements, absolutely. And you're right that we cannot resolve individual stars, especially near the center where things get very dense. But we can see the streams, right? We can see streams of stars. We have models for how these galaxies work. But absolutely, there's always uncertainty. But the uncertainty in these calculations is tiny compared to the size of dark matter. So there's no uncertainty that there's a lot of dark matter in these galaxies. Because remember, the fractions we're talking about here are like 90%, which means you're looking at a star, you're measuring its velocity, you figure out how much gravity is needed to hold it there so it doesn't fly out into intergalactic space. And when you add up all the stars, you get like 10% of the gravity you need. So there's a huge missing chunk. Mm. And you're sure it's not just... Um you know, a lot of asteroids or rocks that don't glow? Yeah, that's a great question. Could dark matter just be normal matter that we're not seeing, right? Just like dark chunks of matter. So people have looked for that directly. Those are called machos, massive compact halo objects. And we think we would see those occasionally, like they would pass in front of stars. If there was a lot of them, if they were really big, we would have spotted them. So people have looked for that kind of stuff and not seen it. Plus, we know something about how much normal matter there was in the very early universe because it dictates the fraction of elements that were produced, like the hydrogen and helium and lithium, very sensitive to the density of quarks and electrons in the early universe. We talked about that once, Big Bang nucleosynthesis. So we have a pretty good handle on like how much normal matter there was around. And we can explain where most of that is now. And the rest of it's got to be dark matter. And so basically every galaxy out there that we've seen, we see that it's spinning faster than it should. Or it's holding together more than it should. So we think it has dark matter. And now is that true for every galaxy we've seen out there? Turns out there's a pretty wide variety. Like when you look at galaxies out there, some of them have a lot of dark matter and some of them have a huge amount of dark matter. There is a variety. It turns out that smaller galaxies tend to have more dark matter than really massive galaxies. Not by absolute amounts, but just relative to how many stars they have. Yeah, exactly. Higher dark matter fractions, I should say. And that's because galaxies are better at holding onto their dark matter than they are their normal matter. Galaxies are crazy places. There's winds from all the stars, right? Every star is a fusion furnace and it's pushing out protons and electrons. These stellar winds are pushing gas out of the galaxies. Then there are supernovas going off all the time, blowing things up and pushing things out. There's radiation, really intense radiation from the center of the galaxy that's pushing gas out. So galaxies are basically exploding and they're pushing a lot of their matter out. And so the smaller a galaxy is, the less it's capable of holding on to its normal matter, the less it's capable of resisting these forces that push gas out of the galaxies. Because the bigger galaxies have more gravity, basically, right? Exactly. The bigger galaxies are still doing this, but they have more gravity so they can hold on to their normal matter. So smaller galaxies, which have weaker gravity, lose more of this normal matter. So you look out there at dwarf galaxies, the really tiny ones, they can be like 99% dark matter. But wouldn't the larger galaxies also be better at holding on to their dark matter? Like wouldn't smaller galaxies lose some dark matter eventually? Like it might evaporate or something? Yeah, that depends on what dark matter does. And in this theory, dark matter does nothing but gravity. And so you can't really lose your dark matter. 
Like to lose your dark matter, you need some force that's pushing out on it. But gravity is just attractive. So all these forces like the solar winds and the radiation and the supernova basically have no impact on the dark matter. Dark matter just like brushes it right off. Like supernova could happen right next to you and a dark matter particle would be like, whatever, dude. And so we haven't seen any galaxies without dark matter. So then why are we asking the question, are there galaxies without dark matter? Is it more of like, is it possible to have a galaxy without dark matter or... Are we asking, like, could there be galaxies where we haven't noticed it doesn't have dark matter? Yeah, so great question. We're curious about this for lots of reasons. Like, number one, we have a theory about how the structure of the universe came to be and how it made galaxies. And this nice story we told you about over densities clumping together to form galaxies, et cetera, et cetera. But we'd like to test that. We'd like to make sure that's correct. We're often surprised when we look out in the universe and see how things actually work. And so what we'd like to do is check our predictions about like the dark matter fractions of galaxies against reality and see, is this really the way things work? Also, this really helps us understand what dark matter is, because seeing how dark matter varies across the universe can tell us something about the nature of dark matter and help us test various alternative theories about what dark matter might or might not be. But it's not exactly true that we've never seen a galaxy without dark matter. People are out there looking for these and they found some pretty weird cases. Mm, interesting. All right. Uh, what are some of these cases? So there's a galaxy group kind of nearby on cosmic scales. It's 63 million light years away. It's called NGC 1052. And basically it's an elliptical galaxy in the Cetus constellation. We've known about it for like 250 years or so, but there's actually a little group of galaxies. It's like a major galaxy with a bunch of little galaxies nearby. They call these dwarf galaxies. So it's a whole group. So they call it the group of galaxies. And these little galaxies are actually ultra diffuse galaxies. That means they're galaxies that are not very bright. They have very few stars in them. And these ultra diffuse galaxies near this NGC group they think might have no dark matter in them at all. Why do they think that? So they look at the rotations of these galaxies and they do that calculation and they estimate zero dark matter. Like every time you're doing this, you're not assuming the dark matter, you're measuring it. And sometimes it comes out 90%, sometimes 84%, sometimes 99%. In this case, it comes out close to zero or consistent with zero. So they think these are little galaxies that have no dark matter in them at all. So that's pretty wild. That means that you can have a galaxy without dark matter. Yeah, it's fascinating because remember our theory of galaxy formation is that basically every big galaxy is a merger of a bunch of small galaxies. Big galaxies don't like form all at once in a single collapse. You have a bunch of baby galaxies which then merge to make bigger and bigger galaxies, sort of like a bottoms up approach. And so if your big galaxy ends up with a lot of dark matter in it, that means that the little galaxies that made it should each have their own dark matter. And we look at a dwarf galaxies and we mostly see them having dark matter. In fact, some of them have a lot. So it is really weird to see these little galaxies without any dark matter at all. And the question is like, did they form this way or did something happen to strip them of their dark matter? Or maybe they formed later in the universe? Yeah, exactly. And so that's a fascinating question. And so there's a group that's done a study of these and they have a theory about how these little diffuse galaxies ended up without any dark matter in them. What's the theory? So the theory is basically a mini version of the bullet cluster. If you remember, the bullet cluster is this famous example that really convinced a lot of people that dark matter was a real thing. It was a cluster of galaxies that collided with another cluster of galaxies. And we saw that what happened to the gas and the dust and the dark matter was very different. So the gas and the dust interacted and created collisions. The dark matter passed right through because it doesn't interact at that level. Gravity is not strong enough. So basically separated the dark matter from the normal matter. 
So the bullet cluster, now you have a blob in the middle with a bunch of normal matter in it, and then you have dark matter on both sides. So we can see through gravitational lensing. So they think that might be similar to what happened in this case, that maybe there was a big collision between two other objects. And these two things that we're seeing now, they call them DF2 and DF4, are basically the results of that, like chunks of stars and gas and dust that got stripped of their dark matter in a collision and then tossed aside. Well, but why wouldn't some little bit of dark matter go with them? Because the dark matter and the normal matter have very different experiences in a collision. Like dark matter basically passes right through. And there's not really a collision when it comes to dark matter. It's like two ghosts just phasing through each other. Whereas two people bumping into a hallway are going to change their direction. So imagine you have like a ghost inside you and somebody else is a ghost inside them and you have a collision in the hallway. The ghosts just keep on going and the living people bounce off each other. Now, you know, you're separated from your ghost. But there's so many that they discovered. Did they all get that way from the collision? So they've only found these two and they have this reconstruction of the collision that suggests that these two things happened somewhere near NGC and created this collision. And it should have also created a bunch of other ultra diffuse galaxies that they should be able to spot. But there should be like five or six of these that came out of the collision that also have no dark matter. So they're going to go and look for those. Mm, so these are, you said these are dwarf galaxies. Yeah, they're ultra diffuse galaxies. They're also dwarf galaxies. So they're small and they're not very bright. So in a way they kind of got made later or not? Are they as old as the universe? Well, they think this collision happened about 8 billion years ago. And so how you age these things, I guess, depends. Like the way they are now started about 8 billion years ago. They, of course, have some progenitors, something that they came from, right? There was a larger object they were a part of, which definitely had dark matter in it. And their dark matter is now sprayed in some other direction. So they become separated from their dark matter. And this must have been a pretty mammoth event. I mean, they reconstruct this thing and it's like a collision at 300 kilometers per second of these huge cosmic objects. Wow. So these are galaxies that had dark matter, but then they got stripped away of their dark matter. And so that shows that, hey, you can have a galaxy without dark matter. But I guess maybe the larger question is, can you form a galaxy without dark matter? Right. And so as you say, that's the deep question about the nature of the formation of structure in the universe. And so far, the answer to that is no. We do not think it's possible to form a galaxy without dark matter. We think you need that dark matter around to gather enough gas and dust to make stars and to make a galaxy. That without dark matter, normal matter doesn't have enough gravity to have formed galaxies this early in the universe. If you had a universe without dark matter or a big section of it without dark matter and just normal matter, it would form galaxies eventually, but it would take a lot longer to do so. But, you know, as I understand it, in the, during the Big Bang, things were really hot and dense. And there were pockets of things and there were quantum fluctuations, which maybe created pockets of extra densities here and there. Couldn't there have been a pocket of extra density of normal stuff, but not dark matter, that then when the universe blew up, it became a galaxy without dark matter? Like during the Big Bang, why does the normal matter have to follow the dark matter? I guess it does in general because dark matter dominates because there's just so much more of it. So basically like sets the scene for everything. But you're right, it is theoretically possible to have a downward fluctuation in the dark matter and an upward fluctuation in the normal matter. So you get some region of space where you have like extra super dense normal matter and almost no dark matter. That's possible, yeah. And so in principle that could happen. And if it had enough matter, then it would form a galaxy on its own. So in principle, that's not impossible. But we've never seen that. And I don't know what the chances are of that happening theoretically. Like how many galaxies have we done this calculation to make sure that it has dark matter in it? 
Yeah, that's a great question. We've measured the rotation velocity of thousands and thousands of galaxies, but that's a tiny fraction of the number of galaxies that are out there and the number of galaxies we can see. Most of the galaxies we can see, we can't measure their rotation velocity because you're looking at like one pixel or two pixels. You need to be able to sort of resolve the whole galaxy so you can see light from one side versus light from the other side. So it's tricky. But yeah, we haven't looked at that many galaxies. It's possible there are galaxies out there that did really form without dark matter. Mm. All right. Well, it seems like we kind of answered the question of the episode, which is, can you have a galaxy without dark matter? The answer is yes. You can have maybe galaxies that had dark matter, but then they lose it or they get left behind by the dark matter. And so they're dark matter less, or maybe they could have formed at the beginning of the universe in theory, but we haven't seen one yet. All right. Well, let's dig into what this all means about our understanding of dark matter and also gravity and whether or not it needs to be overhauled. But first, let's take another quick break. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbionica.com. C Y M B I O. TIKA.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. All right, we're asking the question, can there be a galaxy with no dark chocolate? And the answer is probably, but that's not a universe Daniel wants to live in. <laughs> no, that's right. Transport me somewhere else in the multiverse, ASAP. What if you end up in a universe where there's only milk or white chocolate? 
Just keep smashing that button until I get somewhere good. <laughs> no, no, you only get one trip. Would no. you take the risk? <laughs> Oof, I'm pretty happy with our universe, you know. It's a pretty good one. All right, we're talking about whether galaxies can exist without dark matter, and the answer is yes. They can be stripped away of their dark matter, or theoretically they could form in the early universe, but we haven't seen one yet. And so maybe probably not. What do you think happened? Why haven't we seen any? If they can form without dark matter, why haven't we seen any? I think that'd be really unlikely. I mean, the kind of fluctuations we're talking about are very, very large. You know, in the early universe, you had just sort of like energy and then it decays into matter as the universe expands and cools. And every kind of matter is sort of made uniformly. So you get more dark matter made and less normal matter. But in order to have no dark matter made, you need a really big fluctuation. You expect to get like 85% and you get zero. It's like flipping a coin 100 times in a row and getting only heads instead of half heads and half tails. It's pretty unlikely. Now, the universe is really big, of course. So that means that eventually it's going to happen, especially if the universe is infinite. But it's so unlikely that it's not going to be the first kind of galaxy we see out there or even in the first tranche, but eventually we might spot one. Well, as you said, it is possible to have a galaxy without dark matter. We've seen it in some ultra-diffuse galaxies, and they've done the measurement on these galaxies, right? They've measured how fast it's spinning, and they're pretty sure there's no dark matter in them. Yeah, there was a series of papers where people said, oh, there's no dark matter, and another group did a different measurement and said, no, there is some dark matter, and then there were follow-up papers arguing, and now they're pretty sure there's no dark matter in these, but there's always somebody out there who disagrees. I mean, it's astronomy after all. That's right. They're all just guessing. <laughs> they're all just doing their best statistical inference. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's a great word for guessing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, best guessing. How about that? Best guessing. Nobody has a better guess. You know, there's whole departments of people who do nothing but statistics for a living. <laughs> I'm trashing Hershey's, but you're trashing statistics, man. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with guessing. There's nothing wrong with you. How do you know the universe is the way it is? We're just guessing. A best guess doesn't mean that you're making things up randomly. You're just using the best information you have to make a best estimate or inference, right? I suppose so. I think if it's very well informed, it's not really a guess, you know. But if you're not 100% sure, it's also not a fact. Yeah, that's true. That's why we use statistics to describe our uncertainties. <laughs> anyway, one of the things we are uncertain about is the nature of dark matter. Like a lot of the stuff we talk about for dark matter is kind of unsatisfyingly indirect. And a lot of people out there treat dark matter like it's some placeholder, not a real theory of the universe, because we never see it directly. We don't can't really grapple with it and grasp it directly. Right, right. Well, I think it's interesting that we have, or that astronomers have found galaxies without dark matter, because it, it almost gives you kind of like a test case to confirm that the other galaxies that we have seen with dark matter actually have dark matter. And it's not just some weird, you know, fluke or mistake in our theory of gravity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool test case. It's like a control, right? Would you see galaxies without dark matter if they were there? So it's nice to have some verification that we're seeing that. It's also, as you say, a great test bed for comparing various theories of dark matter, which make different predictions about what would happen in these scenarios. Mm, yeah, different guesses about dark matter. <laughs> different ideas, different theoretical <laughs> concepts. <laughs> All right, well, how do these galaxies help us decide what dark matter is made out of? Well, one of the most popular alternatives to dark matter as a theory of matter, some kind of stuff in the universe, 
is an alternative theory of gravity to say, well, there's no other stuff in the universe. We're seeing everything there is. It's just that gravity works differently from what we expected. Because remember, the argument for dark matter is like, we understand gravity and there's a lot more gravity than we can explain with the visible stuff. So there must be more stuff. There must be invisible stuff creating that gravity. But what if instead we just don't understand how gravity works and it can be explained by all the visible stuff if you tweak your theory of gravity. Meaning like what if gravity just gets stronger the bigger the distances that might account for why galaxies are holding on together without needing dark matter. That's kind of the idea, right? That's kind of the idea. More specifically, there's this theory called MOND, Modified Newtonian Dynamics, that suggests that gravity is mostly like Newton described, but there are some tweaks it depends on the acceleration of these objects. And for some accelerations, gravity gets stronger or weaker. And, you know, it's a little Baroque. They've like added these turns and these tweaks basically to explain these rotation curves. To say like, oh, these stars are accelerating more than those stars. So if we change the way gravity works, can we describe the rotation curves that we see? And the answer is yes. You can devise a theory to describe the rotation curves that explain how these galaxies are rotating without needing dark matter if you tweak gravity, right? You have to tweak something. You either change the amount of matter that's there or you change the way gravity works. Well, first of all, you just insulted uh, the whole period of human history, the Baroque period. <laughs> I meant that in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But second of all, I know that we've talked about before how, you know, maybe MOND, modified Newtonian dynamics, could replace dark matter, but we confirm dark matter in other ways, right? Exactly. So MOND is a success in describing the rotations of galaxies by making these beautiful Baroque extensions to Newton's theory. But there's lots of other ways we've seen dark matter, like in the ripples of the cosmic microwave background from the very early universe. We can see how that early universe plasma was sloshing around, and that depends very sensitively on the amount of dark matter, which sloshes differently in that plasma than normal matter did. And Mond cannot explain that. Also, the bullet cluster shows us that dark matter can be separated from normal matter. It's not just a different way that gravity works from normal matter. It really is something else with its own gravity. So Mond really struggles to explain everything that the theory of dark matter can explain, but it's still a popular alternative. And this is another way. These dark matter free galaxies are another way to draw contrast between what Mond predicts and what dark matter predicts. Because according to Mond, there is no dark matter and gravity only depends on the visible matter. And so these ultra diffuse galaxies with no dark matter should behave the same way all the other galaxies do because there's no dark matter in, in any of them. But we do see a difference. We see that these guys are rotating more slowly, right? And so Mond struggles to explain how slowly rotating these galaxies are without any dark matter. Whereas dark matter can explain all of it. It's like, well, this has more dark matter that has less dark matter. So because dark matter can be variable in the universe, some galaxies have more and some have less, whereas the rules of gravity have to be the same, Mond is sort of hamstrung and can't really explain the variation of all these galaxies. Well, I feel like Mond was already kind of dead in the water for all these other reasons for a while. But it is kind of interesting that seeing a galaxy without dark matter almost kind of helps prove that it exists. Yeah, that is really interesting. And I agree with you that Mond is not a theory we should take terribly seriously in dark matter is overwhelmingly the better guess for what's going on in the universe. Yeah, there you go. See, I brought you on board. <laughs> uh, 
I'm loving that word now. You're like, I guess. I guess so. But, you know, full caveats, there are some things that dark matter can't explain. There are a few galaxies out there that don't make any sense that no dark matter can really explain. Some people think that some hybrid, like mostly dark matter with a little bit of mond, is what we need to explain everything that's out there in the universe. And so it's, it's best to keep an open mind. It's also always nice to find a new way to test our understanding of dark matter and gravity in general. And so these galaxies without dark matter are a nice test bed for that. Interesting. You could call the new theory dark mond. <laughs> All right. Well, another interesting example of how the universe just always has surprises. Like you think that maybe you need dark matter to have a galaxy, but suddenly one day you find galaxies without dark matter and it makes you think and it actually maybe helps you confirm the existence of something as mysterious as dark matter. And it goes to show you that the universe does all these experiments for us. We can just look up in the night sky and find examples of galaxies smashing into other galaxies or black holes colliding. All of these things are wonderful experiments that help reveal the nature of the universe, the rules that it follows, and how it all works. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> or you guess. In the end, aren't we all just guessing, man? All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. For more science and curiosity, come find us on social media where we answer questions and post videos. We're on Twitter, Discord, Insta, and now TikTok. And remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.